Well, good evening, everyone. It is good to be with you all on this Friday evening. We have a very special guest with us tonight, Sister Monique Beaufort. Uh, some of you know her from Wilmington Apostolic. She's a familiar face to us. For those of you who don't, you'll get to uh, learn a little bit about Monique tonight. And uh, again, she is a, a member of Wilmington Apostolic and a recent graduate of UGST. And uh, we're just gonna have, you know, we're gonna do what we do on Friday nights. We're gonna have a conversation with a friend. And uh, I, I look forward to spending this evening with Monique and, and you all. <clears throat> all right, so Monique, first of all, we had a very good pre-interview meeting. I, I, I learned some things about Monique that I didn't even know. And we had a lot of fun even, even just doing that. So I'm actually excited about this interview tonight. Uh, so, Newark loves testimonies, and I think people in general like testimonies. So uh, I think that's a good place to start with you, you know, kind of an on-ramp here. So tell us about your background, um, and let's see, I, I want to break your story down in pieces because you told me some funny stories. <laughs> you told me some funny stories I'm there. But, okay, let's go back to Jamaica, right? And then let's kind of tell me about your history in the church. Maybe start there, and then we'll walk it forward. Okay, sounds good. Well, hello, everybody. Um, so as Sister Leela said, I'm Monique and grew up in, in Jamaica. So lived there for my first 18, almost 19 years and history of the church. So I, one of my first memories is um, uh, my memory of my mother's baptism. So I went to this small apostolic church um, in Jamaica for probably the first nine or 10 years of my life. And one of my first memories there is of my mother being baptized. And I remember thinking, whoa, this is so cool. Something special is, is happening in my mother's life. I can't, I can't believe she's being baptized. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I witnessed that. That was special to me. And we kind of continued to go to that apostolic church because that's where she had me. And, um, you know, but I had a lot of questions when I was younger. You know, I was like, I noticed that there were lots and lots and lots of churches. And I thought, well, I know I go here because this is where my, my mother brought me, but is there something else? What about this church down the street and this other church and this other church, you know? Are, is this really the right church? And I just, I wasn't sure. And so I went church shopping, you know? <laughs> what you call the quest, right? The quest. Yes, so I was right. on this quest to find the one true church. And because there's no way I was going to, you know, follow all these instructions and, you know, do what they say or any of that. And then find out, oh, I'm, I chose the wrong one. I'm still going to hell. <laughs> I just, I just was very concerned about that. And so, you know, I was on a quest. I went to as many different denominations wow. as I could. Mm -hmm. And then I was making a list. I love lists. <laughs> <laughs> and cleaning. Okay, we'll talk about that and later. Cleaning. <laughs> so I was making a list. So I went to the churches and I'll tell you, for example, I went to um, several Seventh-day Adventist churches, you know, and for them, the Sabbath was very important. And mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. you know, I compared that to the churches that worshiped on Sunday and they thought, you know, Sunday's good, but any day is also great. So I said on my list, well, just to be sure, I need a church that I worship on Sundays, just in case that's critical. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then 
I remembered speaking in tongues, not me personally, but others speaking in tongues at my apostolic church. And I said, oh, well, that speaking in tongues stuff looks awesome. So I definitely need a church that, that has that. And then, you know, the, the skirts at the apostolic church were okay. And I thought, you know, if I could find a church where I had to wear skirts on Sundays, but every other day in the week, I could wear whatever I wanted to, mm-hmm. I'd be on board with that. So I added that to my list, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just going along, just doing my search. And I'll tell you, probably around 10th grade, I found the perfect church. You know, it just oh. met all the needs on my list, uh-huh. even the wearing the skirts on Sundays only. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you had this, so you were doing church a la carte, like I'll take this piece and I'll take this piece and yeah. you, you want to put together church. customized church. Oh, that's funny. So yeah. what was it about that particular church that fit the bill? <clears throat> it, it had, well, it wasn't Saturdays, mm. but they did have the, I think I've, I've decided the skirt thing was a huge thing for me. So, so my friend went there and she said, you know, Monique, this church is awesome. And it's just like you've been described because I described the quest to others. You know, I, uh, I told, I was very open that I was. I think that's very interesting that at that young age, that you were thinking like that, you know, that, that you were yeah. processing things that way. Okay. I was obsessed. Did you also know, so Jamaica, we have this weird Guinness world book of record that we have the most churches per square mile. And so church is a big thing in Jamaica, right? Okay. So they yeah, were they okay. were just available. And, mm-hmm. and so I was very, very curious and I made it known that I was curious and my friend knew about my list and she told me about that church uh-huh. and it was so close to my house. It was on the way to school and it, it was-, was convenient too. Huh? Yes, uh-huh. I would drive by and think, man, I can't wait to go there. <laughs> So you couldn't go because you were too young and you were still going with your mom? Is that why you couldn't go to that? I couldn't go. So what happened at the same time is we moved from where we were with our small apostolic church and we lived in a different part of the city. And although it was close to my house, it's not, I couldn't drive there and my mom wasn't going at the time. And so she would either have to drive me or I'd have to take the bus and Kind of at the same time, God is so intelligent that at the same time, my mother had had this coworker for years who was apostolic. I knew she was apostolic. I knew her kids. Mm-hmm. I spent time with her children, you know, all those things. But when we moved to this new house, we also moved closer to her church. Oh. Yes. And her house like my house was on the way to church for her. So she had to pass us to, okay. to go to church. And so she, she told my mom she would come and pick us up. You know, okay. she would get me and my two little brothers. And so I was like, okay, fine. I mean, I don't have to take the bus. And I know her name is Sister Smichael. So I was like, I know Miss Michael. So I guess I'll go. <laughs> and I went and that church was, it was, so interesting. So my my churches that I had grown up in, you know, maybe 50 people, maybe 100 if you're being dramatic. Mm. This one, 700, almost a thousand. Mm, that was a big church. You know, just, it was huge. It was mm. it was 
ginormous compared to what I was used to. Right. So, you know, I went there probably November of 2006. Okay. And I'm there and again, I'm passing my goal church, right? The one you going, I'm going to get there. One of these I'm days. I'm going to get there one day when I stop being lazy. I'm going to get there. Uh-huh. And so, but again, convenient for her to come mm-hmm. pick us up. So I'm going there, Sister Leela, and then I go to church one Sunday, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the the pastor or whoever was preaching about. I don't know what was going on, but the entire time I'm sitting in my seat, I'm thinking, can he just be quiet? Because I need to get to this altar because I need the Holy Ghost today. And I, I don't know what, what drew me like that, because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I had been praying for the Holy Ghost since I was probably seven or eight. And okay. I would go to the altar and just be like, you know, God, uh-huh. I'm not leaving here until you fill me with the Holy Ghost. Because that's the cool part you wanted of the church, right? I want that, that speaking in tongues thing, right? Yes, that was on the list. So about how old were you this day when you said, I just need him to speak, stop speaking so I can get to the altar. But how old were you then? I was 16. You were 16. Okay. I was 16 then. Right. So all those years I had been seeking the Holy Ghost and in what I thought was a very genuine way, Uh I would, man, I was so serious. I had a friend that had received the Holy Ghost when we were probably 10 or 11. And so, you know, we would talk about it. I would go over to her house. We would pray just, just so much, just so much Uh hunger for the Holy Ghost. And I just, I don't know what happened and (laughs) funny story. So all this time too, I'm still not baptized because again, it needs to be perfect. I'm not just going to have any baptism. And I had known that there were different types, Uh right? People were doing it differently. So I said, not fooling me. (laughs) I'm going to go the right way and Uh I'm going to do it the right way. And I'm waiting until Uh I know the right way. So I went to a Catholic high school mm-hmm. and my religion teacher just did this amazing job at teaching about baptism. You know, uh-huh. he taught us about baptism in the name of the father and the son and the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. I was convinced uh-huh. there is no other way. I must be baptized this way. Added that to my list. Told my apostolic pastor. Uh-huh. You're not baptizing me because I already know how I need to be baptized. <laughs> you just knew it all, right? <laughs> I knew it. I had done my research. Uh-huh. Of course. So, yeah. And, and you know, so still exploring, even though he said this. And Wait, what was his response when, when you told your apostolic pastor? He was just cool. Like, I still yeah. reflect on it. And I'm like, uh-huh. why didn't he teach me a Bible study? You know, why didn't he say, well, Monique, uh-huh. discuss this. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, none of that. He was just like, okay. Huh. I don't know. And I need to, I need to circle back, ask him now, why did you just let me go with that? Because uh-huh. he knows now that I've been baptizing Jesus' uh-huh. name. He knows that now. And obviously and I, you being raised in the apostolic church, even with your mom earlier, when you saw her, or at least at an early age, you had heard the message before, right? You had heard about, okay, so. I had heard it, Mm -hmm. but what I think happened is that, yeah, we had Sunday school and all that, 
but I don't think we took the time or I paid enough attention to really dig deep into it. To understand. You know, okay. mm -hmm. sure. my religion teacher just, he went really deep. He really explained mm -hmm. and it convinced me. Mm -hmm. So I wonder my memories of my Sunday school classes, it's like we would get together, mm -hmm. they would say something and then they would teach me a Bible verse and I would memorize it. And that was the end of Sunday school. And that, uh -huh. Uh -huh. We needed to give me more, I think. Uh huh. Yeah, you're, so you're I think about that. You needed to. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think about that with our children. I, 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 I really think um, mm -hmm. we need to give them more, especially as they're getting to 10, 11. I, and so I, I, I just don't think I had enough. And then enough. I was influenced by what I had at school because it was just more. Uh huh. Okay. So, so, so finally, so how did you finally come then to believe that the apostolic message was in your in your quest? And all your church yeah. hopping and searching, right? How did you finally come to um, accepting the apostolic message? That Sunday, May 27th, 2007, I went to the altar when that pastor finally finished. Uh -huh. And I raised my hand and I told the Lord that I wanted to be filled with his spirit. Mm. And just like that, mm. I was speaking in tongues. Oh, wow. After all those years of like mm -hmm. going to the altar and I don't know what the problem was, you know, minutes. But that day it was just boom. No problem. Oh, and I tell you, oh my goodness, I was so excited. <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness, this Holy Ghost for is real. <laughs> okay. Oh, that'll make you believer, right? <laughs> Oh, I just thought, whoa, why did I wait 16 years for it? It was amazing. It, it blew my mind that I could be speaking into in a language that I had never learned. And I could feel the, I had felt the presence of God before, mm -hmm. but it's nothing like when you receive the Holy Oh, I understand. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was so excited. Yeah, as you told your story when we talked ahead of time, there was a lot of things that resonated with me. I'm like, oh yeah, I totally get that. Absolutely. So what about baptism? So you received the Holy Ghost that day. And then, so what about- What, what about, about baptism? So I received the Holy Ghost that day and I'm at the <clears throat> altar, I'm crying. And this sweet lady comes over and she says, you want to be baptized? And so I say, yeah. I mean, I had just gotten the Holy Ghost and I thought, man, if these people are right about the Holy Ghost, they're right about everything else. <laughs> Right, right, right. So, so she says, okay, come on. And I thought, what? Come on. Like now? <laughs> you make an appointment? <laughs> Can we have a talk? I mean, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I tell her, my mom wasn't at church. So mm -hmm. I told her, oh, well, um, I really want my mother to be here. So can I, can I call her, see if she can drop by, you know, or I, I just want to tell her I'm doing it because I was 16. So I called my mom and my mom said, oh no, Monique, I really want to be there. Okay. You know? And so I told the lady, okay, next week I'll do it because I really want my mom to be here. Mm -hmm. And until a couple months ago, Sister Leela, I told this story like this. I called my mom. I told her, you know, I was doing, I, I wanted to do it. She told mm -hmm. me to wait until the following week. The following week she came and we did it. That's how I've told the story for years. 
then I talked to my mom a couple months ago and I was telling her that story and how I waited on her, you know, and how it's awesome. And she was like, what? No, I couldn't come the following week. And so you said, whatever, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> you had a whole different recollection. <laughs> Mama had it straight, right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's so funny. <laughs> so you had gone ahead and just handled it. <laughs> right. Oh, you can't call mama? Okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. And at that time, if I recall correctly, your mom is not actively in the church. Right. When you're, and, and so tell me about that. You, you, you talked about something very important that happened at that church being, because you were there sort of on your own. What was it about that church that helped you along? Right. Yeah. So, so as you mentioned, yeah, my mother had gotten baptized and she had received the Holy Ghost, but for, for years, maybe since I was maybe around 11 or 12, she, she wasn't coming, mm -hmm. but she was sending my, my two brothers and I, because mm -hmm. it was very important to, to her that we went to Sunday school. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when I got the Holy Ghost, I got baptized in this church, I really latched on, you know, just, mm -hmm. I was at church almost every day. It was just wow. wild, you know. Every day? And, almost so Sunday morning Sunday night right um what did we do? I don't we didn't have anything on Mondays but Tuesdays was this like special student ministry thing uh -huh. then of course Wednesday is Bible study Thursday I was in some extracurricular drama club there Friday was youth service Saturday we may or may not have something so uh -huh. I was there a lot uh -huh. and you know it was a really new journey for me and something that I'm doing without my parents at, mm -hmm. at this point and oh God just sent angels mm. in my life that uh -huh. became family you know uh -huh. they they cared for me they loved me you know this sister Smichael she's still taking me to church uh -huh. you know I just mentors people I could look up to and say you know what I want to serve God like them that's I want to love people like them you know that's I just awesome mm -hmm. they were family to me and they still mm -hmm. are and and that's kind of been a part of my journey the entire time mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. so even as I transitioned out of that church into other churches I've just always found family in, in the body of Christ. And I'm just so thankful. So that is awesome. It really is. Yeah, I thought that was a very important point that, that the fact that they took you in the way they did and, yes. you, and, and you found that place of belonging. <clears throat> that I word really I like did. to use all the time. Uh-huh. So, so let's, let's fast forward a little bit here. So, so what brought you then from Jamaica to the U.S.? How did you, how did you yeah. end up here? So I, I actually left um, right before I turned 19 to go to college and um, I went to college in Boston. I went to MIT. And so, you know, that was a whole transition. You know? It's uh -huh. the snow thing. <laughs> was that the first time you had been to the U.S.? Was when you came to college? No, I had been to um, Florida a couple of times, okay. uh -huh. New York, but never in the winter. <laughs> you know, I had never seen snow, ever. Mm, and you ended up in Boston. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, and that first winter was rough. Oh my! <laughs> no winter clothes. Right? Oh, oh, oh! It was it was crazy. I was only excited about snow the first time I saw snow. Uh, and then it was over. The thrill was gone, right? Yes, it was over. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
right. So you came here. So what what um what degree did you pursue at MIT? Yeah, so eventually I got my degree in chemical and biological engineering. Oh my, yeah, that's right. Okay. And so you so you were the intellects, why you wanted those people to break it down to you, right? You're a person who I, I say that because a lot of times in the church, you know, it's always a lot of emotion and a lot of and yeah. kind of harking back to your point. A lot of times we don't um, a lot of people don't get understanding because we stay in that kind of emotion part of it anyway. But you know, God engages our minds as well. That's why that learning is so important. Um, I think once you know it for yourself, you can't move. You know, maybe when, when it's an emotional thing, so to speak, you don't have any word and firm understanding attached to it. That's when you, you know. So I wanted to tag back on that. Yeah. All right. So you graduated from MIT in Boston. And so how do you get to Delaware? How did I get to Delaware? Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> this little place on the map, right? How did you land here? I uh, know. Total God thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm in college almost the summer after my junior year. And my advisor you know, I went to him because I had just been, I just needed an internship. So mm-hmm. I went to him to just see if he had any contacts. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think he thought I wanted more than I was asking for because he called, apparently he had a close affiliation with DuPont. Mm. He called some of his contacts there and they think, wow, he's calling us specifically for her. She must be awesome, I guess. I, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> but he calls their application period is over Mm. they um like upload the application again open it again especially for me so I can apply for their intern program I'm telling you god thing what right I apply for their intern program and I get the interview okay so let's say today's the fifth I have the interview the sixth, I get an offer from another company and I'm thinking, ooh, I have a short timeline here. Mm-hmm. So I called DuPont up and I said, yeah, I know it's less than 24 hours since you um, interviewed me, but I really need a response because this other company is trying to get mm-hmm. me. And they say, okay. And they go through their process, I guess. And they say, yes, we're offering you the role. And I took it. Oh wow! And so I came to... Delaware, you know, that summer. And funny story, funny story. So whenever I'm moving to a new place, I look for the churches there. Uh-huh. I use the UPCI church locator is my best friend. And <laughs> other than Victoria, Victoria is my actual best friend. I, I, I cannot do that. <laughs> but um, I got on that church locator and I saw that two churches were close to DuPont, where I was going to go. I was going to be at the experimental station. Oh, yeah. And so it was Newark UPC mm-hmm. and Wilmington Apostolic. What, what year was that? This is 2012. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I call the churches. Wilmington Apostolic was a little bit closer. Uh-huh. So I call Wilmington Apostolic. And Pastor Stan picks up the phone, uh-huh. right? And so I tell him who I am, what's going on. And, you know, he was really nice. And he said, uh, at the end of the conversation, he goes, well, you know, there's a church, Newark UPC. You you should probably go there. (laughs) 
why did he refer you to us? <laughs> we always laugh about that. He's funny. He, he was like, yeah, you should go there. And I was like, okay. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> you did come to Newark, right? That's why I actually went here. Well, actually, I went to Wilmington and they took me to Newark. So okay. he, he referred me to Newark, but I defied him and, and came to Wilmington anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they brought you to Newark. And they brought me to Newark. So, yeah. right. So that's how. And, and then I stayed with DuPont. So that's why I'm still here. Fell in love with Wilmington, my church. Uh-huh. So it's yeah, as you, as you talk about, uh, you know, that, that family. I know Wilmington is very much that family, close knit kind of thing. So I can I can see uh, that being a, a cool fit. Yeah, that is awesome. Family. All right, so so I, I heard that you recently graduated from UGST. All right, so so what led you on that particular part of your journey? How did you, you know your journey, your calling? How what led you in that direction? Yeah, so I've always um, wanted to go to Bible college. Right. I, I just even as I'm pursuing my my career and I knew it was important for me to take care of all that, you know, deep in my heart, I knew, hey, I'm, I'm going to go to Bible college. I, I really felt that was what God wanted for me. And so after I finished my my bachelor's degree, I, I was I was trying to figure out what was next. It was it was strange. I, I don't know if a, a lot of people experience this, but you go to school all your life, you get to the end of college and it's suddenly, what's the next step? You know, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. nothing is prescribed anymore. And it was really weird. I felt so lost. Just where is my purpose? You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. what, what is it I'm supposed to do? I've accomplished these things, which are great, but, but what else is there? And I felt that the what else is there was really my my, my calling was really what God wanted me to do. And so, mm-hmm, uh-huh. you know, I thought about going to med school. I thought about getting my MBA and I kept coming back to know I, it's time for me to go to Bible college. It's time mm-hmm. for me to get a, a degree in theology. And so I went and it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that's when I saw that you were graduating because you were like, I made it like you know it's, it's I'm done right working full-time and going to school full-time is yeah. not recommended <laughs> wait so wait were you go? were you there on the physical campus or distance learning distance learning so distance learning. you okay. go there um mm-hmm. a couple times a year for a week at a time but, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but I still lived in Delaware and worked full-time while I was doing it. oh yeah that's a lot absolutely Absolutely. So I ha- I got one more question before we open up for questions. So Joyce, you can cue them up if um, uh, you know put the word out that folks have questions for Monique. I'm sure they do. Um, <laughs> but when we talked ahead of time, you, you mentioned I- I'm putting it this way. You know, feeling some kind of way about your calling or even articulating that, saying that. What do you What do you think that's about? What do, What do you think's behind that? Why that feels I'll use the word awkward maybe for you to say that you feel like God called you. Yeah, I think it's really, I don't know, our, our culture. So really, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to come up with the right word. And the only word that's coming is shame. And I'm hoping it's not shame. But well, well, well first of all, identify which culture. 
Um, our culture. We got a couple of things going on. Here. Yeah. So maybe not apostolic culture or church culture, but okay. Okay, well, but let me cut. Let me how, maybe this will help. I'll cut to the chase. Right. Okay. So what's my calling? I'm called to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, you know, how many female pastors are there really? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So. So I, so I think that's why it was so hard for me to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. So hard for me to say yes when God called me, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. just reeling out of control. He would tell me what my calling was, mm-hmm. and I would cry over it and say, okay, God, that's weird that I thought that you called me to be a pastor. Okay, can you tell me what my calling is now, please? Yeah, because you know that's not allowed, God, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Thank you. That's you know right. this is a man's world, right? You know <laughs> Okay, I'm throwing shade right now. I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna come back in my life. That's I would really, you know, I have journal entries mm. where I'm asking God to forgive me for for thinking that He's called me to be a pastor. Because that but was just not way, possible. It's not possible. And how could I ever think that? What is wrong with me? How could I want to to play that role, which I really don't, but <laughs> Yeah, but, but how he, could I? How could I even think that that's what he's saying to me, uh-huh. right? And so it's like I don't know. It's it's confusing to me uh-huh. that that happened because remember that apostolic church my mother got baptized in. I had a female pastor, so, oh, so it's not a, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it was never modeled for uh-huh. me, right? But maybe uh-huh. not modeled enough, or I don't sure. know. But it took me a really long time. Sure. Yeah, I think it's, it's 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 really important to note how how hard it is to overcome culture yes. in lots of ways. You know, and that the tradition, how loud tradition speaks, even though we're true sometimes, and that you really have to, you know, again hone in on God. What in this case, you know, what do you say? Did, so, did you have any revelations about that at UGST? You know, through mm. at all? Any yeah. like what helped you finally process that and? It was UGST. Mm-hmm. If I if I say, I probably knew the reason God called me to UGST my second semester because this was it to affirm my call. So I know it's seven thirty. So I don't know. If no, no, you keep talking. You're good. You're all right. Okay. Enjoy all right. That forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're in my first semester, mm-hmm. and um, you know I'm I'm distance learning. I'm really focused on my lecture. I'm really not. It's playing in the background in my house. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I overhear my professor, Dr. Norris, say, well, you know that um, pastor's wife is not a calling. And I go, wait, that's weird. And again, remember, I'm not really focused on the the lecture. So I'm like, what is he talking about? So I rewind that and I listen to what he's saying and, you know, he explains what, what he meant and all that. And based on him saying that, I start on a new quest. A new quest. <laughs> a new quest <laughs> right. to really ask God about my calling, right? Uh-huh. And so I'm doing that, I'm praying about it. And then in that second semester, we start reading a book called Leading with a Limp. And it's all about how, you know, as a leader, you, you're not perfect. You have yeah. flaws, all those things. And through reading yeah. that book, I started to realize just 
how much shame I had about my, my um, weaknesses, right? How, how, yeah. how inferior I felt, how, how much I, I didn't feel capable, right? Mm-hmm. All, all those things. So, so I start realizing, recognizing those things. And I'm in the middle of that book and we have ECYC. Mm-hmm. And at this ECYC, you know, we're in Milford and God does what he's been doing for years. Mm-hmm. He says the same thing in mm-hmm. that, after that service, that mm-hmm. altar service. And, and, you know, he says, again, Monique, I'm calling you to be a pastor. And I, and I give him the excuse, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a woman, of course. Mm-hmm. And I tell him also, I say, God, I, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. Uh-huh. You know, you, you, I, I, I don't love enough. I, I, there's just no way I'm enough to do this. I'm just not capable. Uh-huh. And he says, that's why I'm calling you. Uh-huh. That's why, because you know, you're not enough. Yeah. You're going to rely on me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. I get it. Oh. I've oh, never yeah. cried more. <laughs> that, that just did it. Yeah. What's that saying? Uh, I'm probably gonna butch it up, but you know, he doesn't call the, the qualified. He qualifies the call. You know, we recognize that none of us are what we need to be to be what God has called us to be. You know, mm-hmm. even the men. And I'm just using that in, in that, that statement. You look at the apostles. I mean, come on, what a motley bunch, you know, <laughs> and that, yeah. you know, when you, when you look at the facts of it, that is awesome. All right. Cause we are a little bit, we're good on time here actually Joyce you want to come back on um I can go on and on with Monique but I don't want to steal time from those I'm sure there's quite a few questions in the queue there and what do we have Joyce okay so is your family still in Jamaica and if so do you go back to Jamaica very often okay um so most so my my parents are still there i have a brother still there but i also have some um family here brothers sisters um nieces nephews do i go back often no so i was planning to do it in 2020 and then covid COVID Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i haven't been home since 2017 or 18. okay what part of jamaica are you is your family or um so we're from St. Andrew and oh, then um moved to Kingston later on and then now kind of spread out oh, okay. all over. Yeah. So your siblings, were they here before you or did they come after you came? It's a mix. So a, I had mm-hmm. brother and sister here already. A brother oh. has since joined me. Okay. Yeah. Any more choice in it? Yes. So, well, here's a question. I think you already answered. Did your brothers also experience the family feeling you described in the church that took you in and mentored you? I wonder. I I don't know because my my brothers didn't, um, you know, they came with me and and one of my brothers received the Holy Ghost and got baptized but he didn't remain in the church uh-huh. when he got older. And the other one, he didn't, um, like he's not that he's, he's always said he's going to get baptized when he's 30. Okay. And so he's currently 27 and I'm waiting. <laughs> What's it about 30 for him? I don't know. I think he thinks it needs to be this grown up thing. I, I have no idea. 
I'm not sure. But he's he said that when he was younger. I should remind him about that so he knows time's ticking. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had that I had that mentality at one time that I'll serve God when I'm, you know, when I'm older. Yes. Like when I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> God has other plans. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh yeah, I definitely had that. Like when I don't have anything else to do, then I'll maybe I'll serve. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so what is your next step yeah that's a that's a really good question really <laughs> question right yeah. that's a really good question and it's hard so I'm a planner oh, I'm a planner Joyce mm. and so it's it's really hard when I get to the end of a journey you know I always just kind of reel out of control because I'm just like what do you mean? What are you going to grab I, onto? What's it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's next? You know, and so have like a one-year plan and a five-year plan and a 25-year plan. I'm just really serious about my plans. And so when I get to a place of transition, I really struggle. And that's where I am right now. I'm, I, I know some of these um, women and apostolic folks are listening, but I'm going to say this anyway. You probably really should have came to New York. I'm poking at my, I'm poking at my WAPC people there. <laughs> Oh, that's so you know, funny. You know, we are the planners over here, should I say? Or maybe I should put up the Steve. Right? Yeah. Well, Pastor Stan is big on planning too. So, <laughs> I'm I am teasing. Yeah, that's really funny. We we talk about it sometimes, but Victoria was at WAPC, so you know. That, that was part of it, right? That's really why. <laughs> so so okay, so you finished UDST. Is that um is that a master's in theology? Yeah, so I have a master's in divinity. In divinity. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. So ministry-wise, okay, you mentioned, you know, the church, like how are you involved in, in the church in ministry-wise or otherwise? Yeah, so what am I doing now? So really engaged in our guest ministry, right? So doing follow-up, um, trying to create a great guest experience, stuff like that. Um, and then I'm also on the, the leadership team at Wilmington Apostolic. So, you know, teaching, preaching, that kind of stuff, teaching Bible studies. Okay. Yeah. I've been following y'all online, you know, I, I peek in there and see, I see there's a whole <laughs> cool lineup. You know, I get on, I see, you know, John and Amber and, and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the whole crew. And I, I think that's awesome, you know, that, that you guys are getting experience and, Know, getting getting engaged in that way so yeah I, I kind of passively follow you guys <laughs> all the kids are growing up <laughs> oh yeah awesome <laughs> things happening oh absolutely what else you got Joyce okay so um what are some of the differences in the churches here and in Jamaica oh yeah <laughs> it's oh, so yeah. different it's uh it's like a it's a cultural shift you know so um let me think for example at Wilmington Apostolic Standard is two songs okay one fast song one slow song done unless you know something wild happens Uh oh but in Jamaica (laughs) our song service is just 
I mean, come on, how many songs are we going to sing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's wild. And then also similar to Newark, which is something that I, I liked about um, your church. We always sing a hymn. So um, every service starts off with uh, a hymn there. And so really like that. So I would say it's probably more relaxed. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are almost no rules, you know, people just start flow. singing whatever. <laughs> so, so that makes me think about service times in general. So if, if, if um, song service, I'll call it, can just kind of go and go like, what's, what's, a, what's a, a normal time frame for a church service? Yeah, what is a normal time frame? <laughs> 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 oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so thankfully we're in COVID. Well, not thankfully, but we're in COVID now. Mm-hmm. And so they, like my church in Jamaica does two services. So they need to cut it off or else the other oh, service mm-hmm. will come, you know. But I would say, let's see, Sunday school at nine, nine to 10. And then probably 10 until one or so. Okay, okay. Yeah. Not, not as long as I thought. I've heard of worse. <laughs> if yeah. you want to look at it that way, we're you know church all day. On. <laughs> I had a church that my that first apostolic church. Uh-huh. I feel like we were there until four. It was just wild. I just <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> yeah. All right. Crazy. Are you going to pursue another master's or med school now, or mm-hmm. have your plans changed? Definitely not becoming a doctor. <laughs> I don't know why I thought not, that was not happening. <laughs> that is not on the list. <laughs> oh boy. So I finished school in July and every time somebody mentions more school, I just think, you know, uh-huh. why would you even do that? So I'm definitely afraid that I'm going to have to get um, like a PhD or uh-huh. I was about to say, you said definitely not doctor. I'm thinking you mean that kind of doctor? Yeah, I mean like a <laughs> medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm afraid I might have to. I I, I can't. I kind of don't want to think about it. I'm so worried. No, what my? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> I never mind. <laughs> All right. Oh, you guys aren't ready. I won't say that. Never mind. <laughs> All right, we'll hold that one there. <laughs> okay. Well, can you talk more about overcoming cultural norms that are not necessarily biblical? Yeah, I think having um, people that, so for example, when I think about UGST, Mm -hmm. what helped me about UGST and about where I am. So I'll talk about UGST first Mm -hmm. and and kind of where God's brought me. He's so intelligent, right? Mm -hmm. So um, at UGST, Women in ministry are not tolerated or accepted. They are encouraged. They are. You almost gave me a heart attack, (laughs) Monique. I'm like, don't leave that there, please. (laughs) At least I didn't want you to leave that. Yeah, they're celebrated, Uh you know? And so that, I think being in that kind of culture will will change your perspective because you're not just out in the rest of the culture that says oh mm-hmm. well you could i mean technically the bible says but i guess 
but no, it's celebrated. Mm -hmm. And that's the same way it is at Wilmington Apostolic. Again, God is intelligent because he knows what he's calling me to, clearly, mm -hmm. you know, he knows. Uh -huh. And he knew where to place me, okay? So mm -hmm. Wilmington Apostolic and, you know, by association, Newark UPC, mm -hmm. perfect place. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you've heard Pastor Stan preach, Joyce, but... He'll be talking about, I don't know, Zacchaeus in the tree. Mm -hmm. And then he'll pause and say, by the way, <laughs> women in ministry is a thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he'll like, go off, a leap, right? <laughs> he'll go off on a tangent and just start talking about it. Uh -huh. And how, yes, we should not oppose this, but celebrate, you know? <laughs> so, when you're in that culture, mm -hmm. it makes you feel comfy. Okay. So, of course, after God called me and I said yes, I told my pastor next. And that was a very important conversation because if he had said, <laughs> or, uh, uh, right. right, but my pastor said, did you say yes? That was his response. Comment. To it. Not, mm -hmm. are you sure? Not, yeah, women don't do that. But my pastor said, Did you say yes? And I said, I said yes. And I think he said, Well, alrighty then. <laughs> it is what it is, right? Hey, when, when God is for you, who could be against you, right? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Hey, um, were there any particular classes at UGSD? Like I know when Steve was teaching there, he taught this one class, um, women in the Pauline community, um, which I kind of audited when I first came on from here. And I thought that was really cool. That was, you know, an eye opening moment for me anyway. Um, were there any specific classes that dealt with that when you were there? No specific classes that I took, but I actually did, um, brother Stevens, like he did, um, I don't know what to call it, like a session at that general conference about women in ministry. Mm. So still have those notes. And again, mm -hmm. that was a key, key kind of, I don't know, foundational thing for me as sure. I'm exploring and mm -hmm. trying to just be bold and brave. Uh -huh. So that was really helpful. Yeah. That's awesome. Any more, Joyce? Those are all of our questions for right now. Oh, you know what? Thank you, Sister Moss. Shout out there. <laughs> That's okay, because okay. I keep on talking to Monique over here, right? So. Yes. Um, are women welcome to the ministry in Jamaica? Yeah. Uh -huh. Isn't it strange how I, I, I don't know why I had this weird misconception, because yes. So there are more, maybe not in terms of numbers, right? But more women pastors in Jamaica than I've seen here. It's, it's a norm there or more of a norm there than, than um, it is here. So, so I don't even know if it was a, a thing about the culture at large or just a thing with me, right? Just that I thought that it wouldn't be accepted. But yeah, in Jamaica, much more accepted than here. Definitely. Uh, yeah. See, I thought that was interesting that you, you came from a church, obviously, with a woman with a pastor, and that I got a little bit of history. My, my uh, brother's wife is from Jamaica, and, you know, I get a little bit of culture stuff, but I, I, I think I knew that, that there were more, that was more of a, a normal thing there. 
So yeah. my question to you was going to be like, so where did that come from? Was that when you came here to the United States or? Um, yeah. Just not sure. I really think that was me. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was, you know, I talked about feeling, feeling inferior or feeling unworthy of, of that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I think I, I took that and I thought about what people would think. It really, I really did, you know. Mm-hmm. So kind of a who, you, who, who do you think you are kind of thing? Yeah. Like How I dare you think you could be? Right. Mm-hmm. I could be the wife of a pastor, mm-hmm. but maybe not the pastor too. Right. So right. I don't know. It was a big struggle. And I, and I think the problem also is I didn't say it out loud. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell people. Or, you know, I had mentors, but I never shared, never shared that I felt that way. And I think that would have helped. I really do. That is interesting. Yeah, I think I think it's important to see ourselves, whoever that is, you know what I mean? You know, re- reflected in the, in the community. Maybe some of that, when you came here to the States, I don't know, I'm just speculating. You know, when you don't see that, we do math quick. We, our, our brains are working, we don't even realize it. We're looking around and we don't see us, whoever the us is, um, yeah. in those roles, then by definition, we kind of do math on that, like, oh, well, maybe, you know, right? Maybe people that's would, people would make comments, right? Like, mm-hmm. we would have a couple come to church to, to to minister, and the the lady would preach in the morning, and I remember distinctly someone making a comment, like, well, maybe she could preach at night, but her husband really should preach in the morning. You know, stuff like that. So I, I wonder. Oh, that, that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I wonder. I, I yeah. Know. I've always thought it interesting that um, when a woman was speaking, sister such is going to speak to us. You know what I mean? But when the man mm-hmm. is speaking, he's going to preach to us. You know what I mean? There was even this distinction in how, even though it was the same thing at the end of the day, but um, that again, I think subconsciously we kind of do the math on that oh well, maybe something's wrong with that or maybe you know we we draw those conclusions right absolutely right. absolutely any, did any more comment joyce yes and thank you to our viewers because we have four more now so um are the are the women actually called pastors in jamaica though do you know if that's their actual title yeah pastor um my first pastor was pastor benjamin so was her husband the first man yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just go with it. We in it now. <laughs> well, See? technically, her husband didn't come to church, so <laughs> I was a double whammy. Okay. Yeah. So. so okay. Give me out of hot water, Joyce. I'm gonna I'm stay out of this. question quick. <laughs> well, you you actually hit the next question, which was <laughs> what was the name of your pastor in Jamaica? Um, but. Yes. Okay. So what do you feel women bring to the ministry that men don't usually bring? Hmm. Hmm, I don't know. They're women. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, you know, I think that, of course, we all have unique gifts and talents and stuff. So maybe in general, and this is a guess um, and a horrible stereotype, but I, I feel women tend to be more nurturing and have more empathy and things like that. But I don't know. I think God calls the person, the man or the woman that's appropriate for the 
job, right? That's appropriate for whoever he wants to um, wants them to minister to. So, so you know what, um, Sister Joyce, I think that we need both men and women in ministry because of the the gifts that that they have. And when people, I, I you know, I, 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 because of what I've experienced, right, and how I felt so excluded from certain parts of ministry, now I'm like a champion for mm-hmm. it. Because I really believe that if if our enemy can exclude a whole gender from ministry, then then he gets to win, right? The, um, about fifty percent of the people he gets to just sit back and not be who God who God's called them to be. So, absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, when that that group or party or whatever is is excluded. And how many other from that group of party are saying, I don't see myself and that, you know, never have the courage, you know, how dare I even wonder I could be, even though God is calling, you know, that, that whole experience yeah. is, a, is a part of silencing that, that, that group, you know, whoever. That's a really good point. Yeah, he's intelligent too. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And last question, someone is actually asking your age. Do you mind sharing with us how old you are? I'm old. You are not old, Monique, please. Look at at all the things I've done in my life. I must be so old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I turned 30 last year, last October. Oh, goodness. I I don't know what's going on. Well, if you are old, if 30 is old, then I am ancient. Okay. I was going to say, if she's old, then I'm old. I'm 34. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean to break it to you, but. Oh. You to. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so just in this last couple of minutes, I'm going to whip back around. Um, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned early having a degree in uh, clinical and biological engineering. Um, and you're currently working at DuPont? Yes. So, so what do you do with a degree like that? What kinds of things would you would you do with such a degree? And even maybe speak to your current job. Yeah, it's funny because I spoke to some middle school kids about this this week, and I told them anything. <laughs> <laughs> I told them I become I became a chemical engineer because engineers can do anything. Mm. But um, what do I do right now? So I'm a logistics leader, and so. What our team does is, you know, we we make lots of different materials, um, lots of materials that go into our cell phones, iPhone screens, mm. um, the the chips in, in them, things like mm-hmm. that, right? And um, my job is to get it to the customer after we make it. And so snowstorm, bad. I dreaded the snow for so many different reasons <laughs> this week because that means there are no trucks. Lights are canceled. We can't get vessels out of the port. It was just a mess. So, so that's really the the challenge that that um, I I tackle at work, and it's really busy, but I love it. And I was thinking earlier this week that becoming a chemical engineer was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I love it so much. Oh, that's well. You you know we had Lindsay uh, Blanchett on. Last week, a week, no, two weeks ago, I think. He's two an engineer. Yeah, I've been on here like every Friday. I just gotta, I just need to say that out loud. <laughs> I never ended up on here for the past three Fridays, but um, anyway, I remember uh, Lindsay has a 
civil engineering. Mm-hmm. I think she also is a, a member of, of Wilmington Apostolic and and um, got some some educated folk over there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked her because she was an engineer. <laughs> the engineering thing in common. That's cool. That is cool. All right. So this is the last but kind of a funny question or, or comment because uh, tell everybody what you like to do on Saturdays. <laughs> You're one day off. This is this is this is comic relief right now. So know that this is not many. What do you know oh, before Saturday? Funny. So I've been thinking about Saturday for days now and um planning because I really like cleaning. So when it's when it's <laughs> cleaning, right? <laughs> so when it's a Saturday and I have um, no plans. I know I'm also an introvert. I like not having plans. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But when I have no plans and I know that I'm going to have a day when I can just schedule and clean, I'm the happiest person. I just that was an oxymoron, but I have no plans. But I know <laughs> I have a day that I can schedule <laughs> to clean all day. <laughs> yeah, no, like other people plan. I I totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's glorious. So I'm, I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of bleach around here tomorrow. Yes, bleach. (laughs) It's going to be a good day. (laughs) I'm told when we share a love of bleach, bleach is just wonderful. It really is. Bleach says it's clean. That's what it says. No bleach smell, not clean. Not clean. <laughs> yeah, it's nice, and you believe it's clean until you until you pass out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I used to clean the tub with with um, Ajax and bleach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you know, dizzy. Yeah, I you know the, the the powder kind. You know, you scour and you get yep. and you throw the bleach in there. Yeah, oh, I do. Yeah, but you'd be kind of dizzy staying out the bathroom. But <laughs> it was clean. It was clean. <laughs> That was one of my favorite two to put together. That was good stuff. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I would like to read this comment to you. Go ahead. You are so impressive. No doubt that God will do great things in your old age. (laughs) (laughs) You're not old. In your old age. Oh, yeah. You got a lot more. for that would make. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I hope so. I hope my um my my later years will be better than my former years. <laughs> oh man, hey, man, look, I'm I'm a late bloomer over here, and I'm, I'm thinking I missed out a whole lot. I should have started a lot earlier. Right? <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, if there are no more questions, and uh, I will uh, linger on tonight, I do appreciate you coming on and being transparent and sharing your story, and um. You know, I appreciate you pressing through. You know, you know, I laughed about your quest as a child, but I think that's very interesting. You know, obviously God puts things in our hearts to pull us along, if you will, and and uh, the different things that you've gone through, and uh, and even this one. You know, answering that call, despite you know, I mean, what you thought about it, what you thought other people thought about that, and I know that God will continue to use you, and. Um, I'm, I'm, I didn't know that last part. You know, you mentioned something about feeling some kind of way about this call, but I didn't get the answer from you, if you remember. Yeah. And uh, so, I, so I think it's really important, again, that, that others are watching, you know, and that they can see themselves and say, yeah, you know, so the, the next little girl or whoever who gets that call will maybe not have that same obstacle to overcome. Yes. Anyway, and, and, and obviously you're a part of that. 
So I appreciate you for that. And anyway, looking forward to, to how God's going to use you, right? And, and, and uh, you know, that the whole pastor thing unfolding, who knows, you know, what I know Wilmington Apostolic believes in that whole daughter work model and, you know, having folks spring out from them, which they sprung out from us. So we, we get that. But anyway, um, it's a blessing to have you with us tonight. We appreciate you. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you around um, soon. All right. I love you. Hang on, Monique. Don't get off. And uh, for all of you who are watching, don't forget that we broadcast six nights a week, um, every night except for Monday. For information about us, you can always go to newarkupc.info where you can find out pretty much everything. Um, you know, our schedule, you can find out about small groups, you can give, you can check out our kids' classes, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can, can check out on there. Also, with we have a whole archive of our prior messages there. You can go in and, you know, like Monique did a la carte church, you can, you can pick a la carte lessons if, or messages if you want. And anyway, there's, there's a lot of information there. So be sure to go there for all things Newark. Good night. God bless you. And we will see you again on, oh, tomorrow night. Good night.